3: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings at 8 on 670, the Score. A lot happening over the next hour. NFL and college football, as always, we've got some welcome changes with legalized sports betting that will impact you. State Rep. Michael Zalewski will be here in about 25 minutes to explain. And another survivor conversation with Jim Miller from Hawthorne and PointsBet. The frustrating part with survivor pools this year has been that uh, almost nobody's getting eliminated over the last few weeks because the big favorites refuse to lose. For just the second time in the Super Bowl era, no underdog of more than a touchdown has lost outright through seven weeks. Only happened one other time. The record was tied last week. We'll see if it continues. Four big favorites in week number eight, so uh, we will see what happens. We'll hear about the NFL sharp plays of the week in just a moment. But if you were with us last week here on Early Odds... Rick Camp gave out all of his favorite NBA future plays. Last Saturday, Campy said to look at Miles Bridges for the Most Improved Player award. It was 100 to 1. Bridges, 100 to 1. And if you pull up your favorite sports betting app at the moment, he's the second favorite on the board at 8 to 1. The number dropped every day. Every day this week. So hopefully you got the triple digits, maybe even 80-1. to 1. Even midweek, it was uh, in the 20s. It's a lot better than where it is right now. Hope you got in, because if you did, you're in a great spot. And we'll keep on hunting for some other big numbers to hit throughout the NBA season. To set up our discussion on NFL Week 8, let's hear from Circus Sports odds maker Nick Kalikas. He appeared this week on BetQL Daily, and I asked Nick about where the respected money
3: was going midweek. It looks like we're getting a little bit more action, believe it or not, on the Dolphins um, over the Bills. So we're we're seeing that. I know it sounds kind of crazy because the Bills are obviously one of the better teams in the AFC, and the Dolphins are yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a head scratch right now. But we are seeing a little bit more action coming in on the Dolphins. Of course, that's spread pretty high. The minus 13.5 right now for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, looking through, it looks like we're getting some love on Philly. I'll tell you what, the Eagles, man, uh, again, yeah, they're playing – with a lot of effort, they're one of those teams that I think could be a thorn at, at times for a lot of other squads out there. And right now, of course, they should be favored over a team like Detroit, and we are getting some action on Philly right now. So uh, we got sharp action hitting a minus three, and right now the Eagles are sitting at three and a half oh five a half, 05 with us right now. So that's another spot that I think is intriguing. The line, and, and I think one of the games of the week for me, is the Colts and Titans. I mean, right now we're sitting at a pick with the Colts um and everybody else is basically minus one with the titans that's going to be an intriguing game the titans are red hot of course i mean they just destroyed the chiefs so i think that's going to be fresh in most of the public betters minds but i think the colts are playing great right now i mean they're really picking things up is starting to get a little bit more healthy and we're seeing glimpses of what he could really do. So I think that's an intriguing game right now. And and just looking at it, we do have a little bit more sharp action coming in on the Colts. That's why, again, of course, we're at a pick and price right now over the Titans. So I think that's going to be one of my favorite games of the week. And I'm leaning myself towards the Colts as well.
4: Uh, Nick, earlier we addressed the success of the public over the last three weeks. Um, are there any specific sides that you see the public coming in very heavy on? And and just overall on this card, uh, do you view some of these lines as being inflated because the public's going to come in no matter what? Because they are flush with cash right now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the more popular teams, we're going to get the public action, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers type teams. It's still the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think there's going to be a lot of believers in teams like that as we go, Jeez. of course. But I mean, looking at the board right now, uh, as far as a public favorite for this weekend, I don't think I don't think there's going to be anything too crazy as far as, you know, somebody that we're going to get piled on. Are they betting Cincinnati? The Bengals right now. Let me check that out for you. Of course, I'm like obviously I'm biased. I'm a huge Bengals fan. And I think I've said it before off the show. Yeah, uh, but we did get it. Uh, the opener at nine nine and a half. So for me, I'm already on that nine and a half myself personally. But again, that's just kind of more of a you know a homer bet for uh, me personally. But yeah, the line did open at nine and a half, and we're at ten right now. And, of course, you know, with the news, obviously, the Jets are not healthy. Flacco coming back, you know, them signing Flacco right now as well. And, of course, he's got a lot of experience with the Bengals being that division and whatnot. But, yeah, we are seeing the Bengals. I mean, it's not very often I see my squad as 10-point favorite, So, <laughs> that's interesting to me. And I'm kind of afraid, to be honest with you. I mean, they played so great, obviously, at Baltimore. And I'm always worried for that letdown spot, right? So, I, I think the line is a little bit high, believe it or not. I think the Jets are going to come to play. I think the Bengals might kind of have a letdown spot or, or maybe – Be a little bit too into themselves, if that makes sense. Be a little bit overconfident. Because, look, make no mistake, again, we said there's some bad teams out there for sure. But this is the NFL. I mean, from top to bottom, the rosters are are filled with talent, right? So when these guys show up to play, I mean, it's going to be interesting for sure. So, yeah, right now we are getting more action on the Bengals. But, again, I'm not very confident, and that's my own team. I think the Jets might hang in there and give us a tougher time than most people think, despite them getting blown out last week against the Patriots.
4: Nick Kalikis, odds maker at Circus Sports in Las Vegas this week on BetQL Daily. Catch us weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Myself, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Follow me on Twitter. Have all the links and info over there at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Uh, Kalikis, obviously a Bengals fan. It is wild, backup quarterback or not. I mean, before the year started, the Jets were favored by one in that matchup when they make the point spread on every game, and now it's double digits. It was three and a half last week, and now it's double digits. Cincinnati, a double-digit road favorite for the first time since 1982, and that Colts-Titans game that he was addressing there, that line just keeps on moving. It's one of those classic sharps versus squares games. Uh, the public, the quote squares—I don't really love that term, but we'll use it for this exercise—they're all on the Titans, and you can understand why the way they're playing right now. The sharp betters on the Colts. Let's talk Bears 49ers. Points bet has this lined at four total of 39 and a half. And that totals the price across the board. It was smashed down early in the week. 43 and a half is where it opened up. The under has come through in the last six Bears games. Early in the week, it was three and a half. Matt Nagy announced that he tested positive for COVID. It came down to three. Now, late in the week, when the limits go up, when the professional betters really start to come in, they hammered San Francisco. So that's why we're sitting here at four. Significant injury news. We know that Khalil Mack is out of this game. It won't be the best to watch. I mean, San Francisco had the expectations, if they could stay healthy, of being a championship contender coming out of the NFC. And all they've done is disappoint. They've lost four consecutive games, and they are four-point road favorites. That's how down everyone is on the Bears right now. I mentioned yesterday with Bernstein and Rahimi. It's not just locally with the Bears. People have these extreme reactions every time they win, every time they lose. If they win, they're going to rattle off a bunch of victories. We start to make some sort of a case for them to make the postseason. And if they lose a game or if they get blown out like they did last week, then everybody's out on them. They want nothing to do with them. It does remind me of the spot we've seen a couple of times. Come back home after getting smashed by the Rams, then Cleveland. What happened in those spots they won those home games. Not sure that's going to be the case here, but I certainly understand why people jumped on the under very early on in the week. Uh, I always update the contest picks. I'll tweak those out uh, in a little bit today, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. It's one of those weeks where you walk in and, okay, we've got a lot of games, only two teams on by, but not a lot to love. So my partner of the contest, we kind of came up with a couple that we each liked and we both were all in on the Packers. Thankfully, that one hit on Thursday night, so we're off to a 1-0 and start. But um, I'll tell you, a lot of underdogs. Feels like an underdogs week. Public has won a lot of money over the last three weeks. Not sure that that's going to happen for the fourth consecutive week. Moment ago we were hitting on Tennessee and Indianapolis. The matchup there that you want to watch out for of course Derrick Henry, 191 rushes, 68 more than anybody else in the NFL. Tennessee 5 and 2 straight up, 5 and 2 against the spread. And quietly, the Colts are also 5 and 2 against the spread, playing better of late, but not many have noticed because it's been inferior competition. Well, that Colts run defense is the best in the league. If you look at football outsiders, Rush DVOA, they have them ranked number one. The run defense uh, allowed the lowest EPA per run play, so looking forward to watching that matchup, and I understand why the Sharps are coming in on Indianapolis at home. If the Titans win this game, you might as well wrap up the division, but if the Colts win, it's going to be up for grabs. They don't have any more matchups the rest of the year. Rams-Texans, huge number. I thought Tyrod Taylor was going to be returning to the field for Houston. He's not. They made that announcement of Davis Mills. Didn't love to hear that because we picked a Thursday game, so we had to get all our picks in. I did play the Texans, but I was expecting Tyrod to be out there. He was terrific. First week and a half of the season, scoring 51 points. The last five and a half games for Houston, they still haven't scored 51 points. They've been dreadful. With Davis Mills under center. So the Rams playing a bad team again. Let's see if they bring it. They're going to have to cover more than two touchdowns. Always a fun one in the AFC North. Steelers at the Browns. Cleveland is favored by three and a half points. Money came in early on the week. Cleveland minus three. And it bumped it to three and a half. Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb. Taken off the injury report. So they are good to go. Is this going to be a playoff revenge spot? Mike Tomlin, terrific as an underdog throughout his career. 40-20 and against the spread as a dog. Roethlisberger has owned the Browns. But these Browns are a lot better. Pittsburgh coming off the bye. I think Cleveland covers the spread. I like them in this spot. Can't wait to watch the matchup of that awesome Cleveland offensive line going against that Steelers front. Problem for Pittsburgh if you're back in that side, is they just don't have the offense. I don't think they're going to be able to put enough points up with this Ben Roethlisberger against the Browns D. And tomorrow night, we should have a good one. The line movement has been fascinating. Minnesota Vikings off the bye, hosting the Dallas Cowboys, coming off the bye. Ton of line movement, all based on speculation. Normally, when you see favorite flip, it's not the biggest deal. It's around zero or it's one lot more movement on this one. Early in the week, it's Cowboys minus two and a half. Questions about Dax. Calf and McCarthy says, well, he's got to pass all these thresholds, but he's not telling the quarterback what exactly he has to do. We don't know if he's going to play. They're in a terrible division. You might be able to call it even though it's so early in the season. That's how bad that division is. Number came down. Now Minnesota's a favorite. Not only do they become the favorite, they're field goal favorites now. We're talking about a line movement of 5.5 points, and we still don't know if Dak Prescott is playing. Final injury report of the week, he was listed as questionable. This thing has been moving like Dak is out. But if he is out, this is going to move more. This is going to move past a 3 to 4. Who knows if this thing gets to 6 because it is a massive drop-off, one of the biggest drop-offs you're going to find from QB1 Dak Prescott down to QB2 Cooper Rush. So keep an eye on the info there. Dallas Cowboys, the only undefeated team against the spread. They are 6-0 ATS winners of their last five games. Let's hit some college football before we get to state Rep Zalewski in about 10 minutes on the Illinois sports betting changes. I've complained about some of the weak Saturdays we've had. Not today. Uh Uh-uh. Killer lineup of games, especially in the Big Ten. Penn State. Number five Ohio State tonight. In a couple hours, Iowa, Wisconsin with the lowest total of the year and a top eight matchup between Michigan and Michigan State. That's where we started on BetQL Daily with Yahoo Sports' Pamela Maldonado. Take a listen.
2: I like Michigan in this spot. I know the line has moved. It's ticked up a bit from two and a half to four and a half. So for that, I think the line is perfect value on both is not enough value for either side. Instead, I'm going to look to the total under 50 and a half is the play for me, Michigan. They are eighth in total defense, ninth in opponent touchdowns allowed. Michigan state is 14th, but Michigan does get the edge there and Michigan is fourth in rushing offense, 13th in converting on third downs and 12th in time of possession. Tell me that the Wolverines are not just going to run the clock down. They're going to come into this rushing the ball, rushing the ball, rushing the ball. And the storyline is going to be that the Spartans he- Heisman contender Kenneth Walker, the third, but I think that the true star of this game is going to be the Wolverines running backs. You have two of them to now defend on and it's Blake Corum and Hassan Hoskins and the Michigan defense. They have the edge. It's warranted that the line is ticked up. I like Michigan, not sure if they can cover. I love them to win, but I like more the under 50 and a half run the ball down from both teams. Pam,
4: uh, I'm going to throw a game at you with a lot of line moving high profile game, Penn state, Ohio state. The opening line was about 15. I saw it move to 18, this 18 and a half. So the numbers jump Penn state coming off the nine overtimes, the loss to Illinois, the quarterback situation with injuries, James Franklin, I'm not even sure he knows what game they're playing this weekend because his head is probably at USC or trying to get that job. What do you make of this game? Uh, obviously Ohio state's turned their season around. But a couple of weeks ago, Penn State was, you know, a top five team in the country. And now all of a sudden that line is moving the other way, 18 and a half. Penn State, Ohio State, what are you thinking here?
2: I believe that Ohio state is going to come in and just like destroy, (laughs) destroy things up. I mean, Ohio state, as you said, that they have turned this team around. And if you look at the quarterback, my God, CJ Stroud, he is in the Heisman contention. And for a really good reason, no Heisman contender has ever won. That's missed a game. Well, Stroud has, but he's really good and he's really fun to watch. He has 67% completion, 22 touchdowns to just three interceptions. They have so many offensive key cog weapons here. You have uh, Trevayan Henderson. He has nearly 700 yards on the season. You have Garrett Wilson, who is a great wide receiver. He is averaging, every wide receiver on this team is averaging 16 plus receiving yards as they're long um, 57 long, 42 long, 61 long. This is a really potent Ohio State offense, and they've really gelled together, and Penn State lost to Illinois, one of the bottom ten teams in total offense. Couldn't get it done in a nine overtimes. If they play like that this week, minus seventeen and a half. It is warranted. I like Ohio State to absolutely roll over Penn State here. the Lions, they're done for the season. <laughs> Back it up. Yeah,
4: that was with the terrible overtime rule going back and forth it just the the game just would not end i guess we have to stay in the big 10 all all these great matchups this weekend uh iowa wisconsin well i hope you like rock fights if you're going to be watching this one because that's what (laughs) that's what it's going to be badgers favored by three and a half and it's the lowest total of the season at 36 and Mm -hmm. a half what do you think uh
2: it's low for a reason you have two run first teams who are really good at defending the run the problem The problem is Wisconsin is bottom five for turnovers. That is the only way that this number can go over is if Iowa does what Iowa does, and that is take the ball away through interceptions. Graham Mertz is one of the worst quarterbacks for throwing interceptions. You're a run-first team, and you have more interceptions than most quarterbacks in all of college football. It's one of the most mind-boggling things, but of course, the thing to look out for is if Iowa is going to have their key defensive player who is responsible for all of those takeaways. Riley Moss, he was he missed the game last week against Purdue, and that really came into play. Is he going to be playing this week? I believe he was still on the injury report. He should be playing from what I've seen, um, but nothing official yet. I would look if he is in this game. I love Iowa. I like the under. It should stay under, but Graham Mertz, turnovers, interceptions, fumbles. Iowa is, number is top five in the country for takeaways. If they get some of those turnovers into touchdowns, that's how this number can go over.
4: That was Pamela Maldonado of Yahoo. She's outstanding at handicapping college football. She appeared on my weekday show, BetQL Daily. It's weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app. Twitch, and 105.9 FM HD2. Your persistence has made changes to the sports betting laws in this state. We get all the details from rep Michael Zalewski next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski, on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Thursday night, You may have been watching Bulls-Knicks or Packers-Cardinals, and maybe you had a wager or two on the line. You weren't watching it. You weren't watching that. I was. Uh, (laughs) What what you didn't know what was happening is that the uh, future of the landscape of sports betting in Illinois was changing because uh, we've got some new laws here right around the corner. State rep, you just heard his voice, Michael Zaleski, is here to explain at MJ Zaleski on Twitter Michael, I was concerned that you guys weren't going to hit the floor there to to get this pushed through
0: by the end of the veto session late Thursday night. Among the gaming bill, we had to pass congressional maps, which was a very hard process. We were actually caucusing in a colleague's office, watching Packers Cardinals, waiting for the map to be released, (laughs) uh, waiting to see the maps. We had all of it at once, and uh, we eventually – had to leave the Packers Cardinals game to go back to the floor and start voting. But uh, we were definitely keeping an eye on everything on Thursday night for sure.
4: Okay. So what happened uh, on Thursday with the vote and what does it mean for
0: sports bettors? Uh, two big things. Uh, we passed and it's on the governor's desk, a gaming bill that includes a number of provisions, but the two that I think your audience will be interested in is one, the ban on collegiate sports betting um, and Illinois teams um, as soon as the governor signs the bill, you'll be able to go to a bricks and mortar casino in, in Illinois, Northwestern, um, Illinois State, um, any game within the state of Illinois. Now, it's not probably what everyone wants. It's um, it's a little modified and a little narrowly tailored to make sure we don't over proliferate with um, these games. But we think we struck the right balance and. Um, We think we, after two years, we'll be able to uh, evaluate it, see how it worked. If it needs to be expanded, we'll expand it. If it needs to be narrowed more, we'll narrow it more. The other thing we did as of March of 2022, um, you won't have to go to a bricks and mortar casino or a racetrack or OTB to register your account. You'll be able to do it online only. The uh, sort of 18-month period of time where um, bricks and mortar casinos could get their market share up is elapsed. Um, Covid now is winding down. The pandemic is winding down. So the we, the legislature came to the conclusion that the eighteen uh, month period uh, had had run its course, and and we'll have a mar- uh, online only registration platform starting in March of twenty twenty two. Let's start with the college. I don't think that's the lead,
4: but it, it, for those covering this, it seems to be the lead. Uh, story i think the in-person registration is going to be much more impactful for the monthly handle and the tax revenue that the state's going to bring in uh but let's start with the college you mentioned pre-game bets only so no live betting no player props i i don't think player props are too popular in college sports anyways right now and you mentioned that it's got to be in person this is going to be the deal until 2023 Now, the reason I don't think it's a big deal is because 95 to 96% of the handle is done on mobile phones, mobile apps. Maybe that will change a little bit. I just look at it as a step in the right direction. You probably think that I'm upset about it. I'm really not because we're headed the right way. And we've had this conversation many times that with legalization, a lot of these states are figuring things out. Like, okay, let's let's make this adjustment, then we're going to make that adjustment. By taking this step, I assume that not too far down the road, you're going to be able to bet on sporting events involving Illinois teams from your phone. Am, am I off base on that?
0: No, I don't think you are. I um, The original provision was in there for one very simple reason. We had a lot of things going on in 2019, and we were very concerned that if the collegiate – universities and the representatives and senators that kind of live in and around those towns were opposed to the bill because of this, we couldn't pass it. So we put it in there just to get the bill done. I quite frankly underestimated the, uh, the blowback. You know, I, I thought that it, people would be kind of annoyed by it, but I didn't think it would um, turn into, you know, cause du jour among uh, sports betting Twitter, you know, and uh, <laughs> so. Um, Especially since we, we're not
4: a big, college sports area
0: right right yeah yeah it it was interesting i think the first time 2020 bowl day uh january whatever that day was when people couldn't bet that northwestern that 11 o'clock northwestern game uh people it was like oh my god i what what did they do to me they ruined my new year's day um that was that was the first time people kind of dawned on everybody uh so um, probably part of that (laughs) (laughs) um and and like it would be a different conversation fundamentally if Indiana and Iowa weren't legal too. They are, so we really do feel like there's no protection to student athletes right now. That you can pretend like there is, but there isn't. Um, we've had conversations with the athletic directors. We both kind of kept our cool on opposite sides of it. Like, here's what we think. Here's what we think. Um, we made this change. We think it'll be fine. Again, if it's not, we'll revisit it. But we think. It'll be fine, and in two years, we can revisit it again. And, and and it's a new college sports landscape, too. Name, image, and likeness legislation. NCAA wanting to be in the data service, data service business. There's ways we can help student-athletes with this, so we want to explore that.
4: Uh, before we get to the in-person registration, as long as uh, we're talking about college sports right now, let's uh, mention Wintrust Arena so it sounds like the sky they're looking to get a sports betting license when uh, the bill was written up for the arenas. You had to have a capacity of at least 17,000, and they have a 10,000 seat arena. Uh, Wind trust arena, it sounds like they're going to be uh, applying for a sports betting license. So the college angle there, that doesn't mean
0: DePaul, that would just mean the sky, right? Just mean the sky. We okay, the, the way the sports venue licenses work, um. If there's a publicly owned arena, which the wind Trust is, it's it's actually half owned by MPEA, half owned by uh, might be Depaul. I, I don't know the um, off the top of my head, but they they are allowed to apply um as the the owner operator is allowed to have a say on the license application. We envision the Chicago Sky, John Rogers, the DePaul Board of Trustees and MPEA's board coming to some sort of conclusion on how to apply for that license and uh going going forth and applying they they you know in light of the sky success it only heightens the the need to do it we we didn't anticipate uh the sports venue licenses um being as lucrative as as they turn out to be the cubs are gonna do one we think the united center is going to do one and at least initially and now win trust that's and the new soldier, probably, field. <laughs> soldier you know. field is going to be the last one to whatever the, wherever the bears play, that will be the last place to get one. Um, but this is sort of the second draft of the law. The third draft of the law, I hope will be the sports venues because there's a lot of tweaking that has to get done there. We got to be careful, but we think we can fix it. And um, then I think we'll have a fully mature sports betting market, which will be really exciting.
4: Are you surprised that we're going to be uh, into the 2022 year? And that was a big part of the bill. Groundbreaking stuff at the time when it was passed that none of the arenas have one yet.
0: I am. And again, I, I think they would say um, that the, the law is a little restrictive for them. Um, and that may be true. And again, we probably need a third draft, um, you know, but also I think it took the Cubs a while to kind of, Decided we're going to go down this path. You know, I think it took the United Center a little while to figure out what the ownership structure would look like. So I really want those venue licenses to work. I, I A, I think it would be good for the uh, game day experience. I know others may disagree, but I think it would be a cool feature. Um, B, um, the teams are willing to pay the license fee. So we um, would benefit as a, as a state uh, from it. So um, I really want those venue licenses to work. And you know, I take it, it's a kind of pride of authorship thing. Those were, those were my ideas. So I really want them to work. So um, I'm hopeful we can get them right eventually.
4: This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score. My guest is State Rep Michael Zalewski, a big part of the changes that we saw late on Thursday night. Many of them uh, right around the corner in Illinois sports betting. So we discussed a college aspect, betting on sporting events involving Illinois teams. What's going to happen at Wintrust, we expect. But here's what I think is the lead, the in-person registration. What are we up to? To six live mobile books right now in the state, Michael?
0: I'll take your word for that. I think it that sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I,
4: points bet, DraftKings, FanDuel, Barstool, bet Rivers, Caesars. Here's why I think this is the lead. I, I've heard from many people that are interested in sports betting. They're not sports bettors, but they're interested in it. And they want to get on board. They want to try it out because it's now legal. But what they don't want to do is drive to every corner of the state just to have the ability to bet. So March 5th is going to be a big day for them. They're going to try some of these different books. The underreported part, I think, is now the sports books that thought about Illinois, that are in New Jersey and thriving right now, where they had a $1 billion month recently what would hold them back from jumping in on Illinois? Wouldn't they want to be here? Like, I'm just envisioning next football season, if it's uh, five, six books that some of the betters listening have right now, they might have 10, 12 on their phone and and the ability to price shop.
0: Totally true. Um, I think it lends itself to to more books. I, I also, you know, we're under some um the, the gaming industry, um, both locally and nationally, is under some pressure to diversify. And, and I don't say that lightly, like uh, black and brown colleagues of mine want to see minority owned sports books and women owned sports books and, you know, with a restrictive um, law like we had. It really caps market space. Um, my hope is that um, if if we start to see a proliferation of mobile, we start to see different branding, we start to see different ways of reaching customers. We'll allow more people into the market because we we really want to see everyone benefit from this. You know, I go on um, I go on different radio shows, and you know, they talk about um, the gaming industry, and it's very similar to cannabis. There's really a sentiment out there that only a few benefit from the industry. And that's not what it was designed to do. So um, on top of what you just described, it's good for the customer, line shopping, better value, better um, credits, things like that. But it's also, I think, forces a little bit of uh, industry-wide accountability when it comes to growing small um, books and boutique books, getting them skin uh, relationships with bigger uh, companies so that we we can start to, see um, a better quite frankly healthier environment and it's gonna grow
4: there, yeah. there's not the ceiling that we had over the first couple of years and that that's a great thing the, the state has um, really settled in as number three in the country for monthly handle once we got back to some travel there was a month or two where we surpassed Nevada but now we've settled in at number three and with more options, once we get to March Madness, I'm sure that was a big part of that. And You're going to have March Madness. Well, and you'll it was the difference. Between,
0: it was the difference between the Super Bowl and March Madness, and yeah, we settled on March Madness. So yeah. we...
4: I've I've already heard the Super Bowl complaints. That why is it about <laughs> the Super Bowl? I, I've heard all about it. No, okay. but I think once that happens, I think Illinois is going to pass Nevada for good. What do you think?
0: I, I think I hope so. Um, I I said it yesterday to someone else. We have all the component parts to do it. We have a dense uh, we have a dense, uh, good, solid uh, gambling market. Um, we have five sports teams. We have a rabid fan base. We, you know, we have football fans who are gradually finding other ways to entertain themselves. So there's, uh, there's reasons why we should be able to compete within the sports betting handle department. Uh, with the gaming bill that was
4: passed in 2019, another big aspect of it was the Racinos that were going to be set up. And there there was conversation about a fourth racetrack in the South Burbs. I'm in the South Burbs, so I'm very curious about this. Any movement on another racetrack in the area?
0: Yeah, um, I know that um, there was several stakeholder meetings during the ramp-up to the gaming bill on what exactly the racetrack in the South Suburbs is going to look like. Um, My sense is that the chief negotiators this time around, which are Bob Rita and Bill Cunningham, really wanted to focus on the things that we knew we could get done. Um, sports betting, the two things we talked about, your listeners may not care, but when it comes to video poker, there was a very large piece of legislation revolving the taxation of these machines, and that got done on um, Thursday as well. So that's settled law. Now that those kind of issues are are back, we're, we're able to move on from them. I expect us to return to the venue licenses we talked about, the, the racetrack, um, that we talked about, and, and eventually iGaming. Um, that those are the next frontier of gambling um, policy debates in the state. What it looks like, when it goes online, if it goes online, how it works. Does it work similar to sports betting? Will it work different? So th- those are the three silos of things I think we focus on. And the, the South Suburban racetrack and the future of horse racing is certainly among them.
4: All right, one more for you. Just because every time I tweet about sports betting, this is uh, the question I get from somebody: online poker, anything? Yeah. Any soon has it been discussed? What's going on there?
0: Yeah, that that's what I meant about online gaming. Like, okay. um, I I think it's the I think it's the next big thing, um, and I don't say that casually. I think I think um, we're going to go through this next election year, and um, it's going to be a shortened session where. You know, we're just kind of getting the budget done and do maybe a couple of small uh, projects. But going into the 2023 legislative session, um, that will be coming out of stimulus money. We'll be looking for ways to, to generate revenue. I expect online poker to be um, something seriously discussed soon. Um, I think the prospects are good. I've been up in Michigan. I've been on DraftKings app. It's halting how easy it is. But, um, the technology's there and, um, I, I expect it to be legal sooner than later. I'll put it that way.
4: Are you avoiding the world series to avoid the pain?
0: Uh, you know, I'm waiting for Rick Han to do a end of season press conference. I, I, uh, I don't know know why he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm bummed. I wish they, uh, would have played better. Um, and, uh, I wish they would have hit and I wish, uh, their defense would have been aligned better, but uh, I think the, I think they lost to the best team in the American league. I'll put it that way. So, well,
4: certainly looks that way. State rep, Michael Zalewski on Twitter at MJ Zalewski. I'm a Twitter at Joe Ostrowski. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for your time and providing the clarity you did today. All right, Joe, be safe, man.
0: I'll talk to you soon.
4: Thank you. There's uh state rep, Michael Zalewski, Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Coming up next, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse will join us, weekly contributor. The best NFL survivor plays of the week, and we'll see if Jim has more winners on the track. He's been on fire. 670 the score and the Odyssey app. Welcome back. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. And guys, come down to PointsBet Sportsbook at Hawthorne Racecourse in Cicero to enjoy Fight Night November 6th, where we will be airing for free the highly anticipated Canelo versus Plant fight. There will be food and beverage specials, odds boosters, and special markets available on site, maybe you'll even run into our friend and weekly contributor here on early odds. His name is Jim Miller at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. How you doing this morning, Jim? I'm doing good, Joan. You might see me because I stuck around a little bit for the Fury Wilder
1: Fight a couple of weeks ago, and there was a nice turnout when you can have a location that you can go to, watch it on a big screen, enjoy it, not have to pay for it either, and then place a few wagers. It's really not a bad deal at all. You can still stay up at late at your age? Every once in a while, I'm getting <laughs> a little bit older, right? Kids kind of make it so you got to get up a little bit earlier when you get to school nights and that. But you know what? A Saturday night, that's kind of the night you can stay up a little bit later. We're already there for racing anyway. So every once in a while, I can kind of eke it out. At least through are like the first, <laughs> say, three, four, five rounds. But that's about it.
4: Uh, Jim, we tied a record last week. We have now hit seven weeks in the NFL, heading into the rest of week number eight. And we have not seen an underdog of seven and a half points or higher win a game this year. Unbelievable. Makes it very boring for the uh, survivor pools. You know what? Let me ask you that. Yep. Is, it, is it boring to you? Because, yes, it's frustrating when you see your team advance in survivor pools and you don't have that blood. You want to see, hey, maybe 10 20% knocked out this week while I survived. I'm kind of in a good mood this morning. Because I'm thinking it's a good thing. It's kind of cool that not everybody, but around half the people in all survivor pools still have a sweat going, and we're nearing the halfway mark of the season. And the thing that gets interesting about it now, Joe, is
1: strategy comes in. Because I'll tell you this, when I was looking at my survivor play for this week, I again had to look at the matchups for next week. Because people are using these teams that may be these double-digit odd favorites and they may have already knocked them out and used them earlier on in the year. So you have to plan accordingly for, okay, what's the matchup that gets you by this week? But what are you going to have for matchups next week? And this week could be a little bit tricky because we were looking up and down there, Joe. And for example, a lot of people have probably used the Bills. A lot of people have probably used the Rams. I'm sure your fair amount of people have even used Kansas City, even though they've been bad. They're vulnerable right now. But man, I'll tell you, going into this week, It seems like if you haven't pulled the trigger yet on Cincy, this Mm -hmm. could be the time to use them, don't you think?
4: Well, yeah, let's call it four double-digit favorites. I know KC, New York Giants, Monday night, that's one has been bouncing around between 10 and 9.5, but let's call it a double-digit spread overall. Now, the Rams, most people have probably used. Some pulled the trigger week one against the Bears because Andy Dalton was starting. Some were, of course, taking a look last week at that golf revenge game and Detroit poured out the kitchen sink onside kicks, fake punts. They were doing whatever they can to try to win the game. They still weren't able to do it. And here's another easy one for the Rams against Houston Buffalo. I haven't used much of them and I'll tell you why it's exactly what you just alluded to looking ahead. There are so many opportunities to use the Bills, So I've been putting it off. We've got Jacksonville next week, the jets in week 10, The Colts in week 11, there's New England, Carolina, Atlanta, so many different opportunities, and they're one of those top teams that you'd like to save if you can. KC, this is a spot I don't really love. I mean, Mahomes has 11 turnovers on the year. He's going to turn it around, hopefully, when he stops turning it over. But I just don't see this as the spot where I'm going to take the big favorite on Monday night football, and you know the dog is going to be jacked up. I just don't think it's a great spot. And in many of my polls, I actually already use them. If you have not used Cincinnati, it feels like you have to use them this week. They're really good. But looking down the road, even if I'm calling them a playoff team, where are all the spots? They get Pittsburgh, they get San Francisco. Those are a couple of possibilities for home games. But Jim, I thought I was slick using the Bengals early on. I was one of those people that used them on the Thursday night game when I got lucky with a, a comeback win over the Jaguars. And I used them, I believe it was a couple weeks ago against the lions. So a lot of my survivor spots, I've already used the bangles and I'm wishing I had them available because this seems like the spot, even though it is bizarro world because the bangles are favored by double digits over a, an NFL team.
1: And here's the thing. That's so weird about it, Joe. We go all the way back to week two in survivor. I use the bears against the Bengals. Because at that point, we weren't sure since he was that good. They were coming off a week one overtime victory against the Minnesota team that we weren't sure was too good. So this is one of those weird things about Survivor, where it's a team that I picked against and survived earlier on in the year, and now I'm going to use them in my favor to try to survive once again. But like you mentioned, Kansas City, what do you do? We we talked two weeks ago about how we thought the Giants were going to be really bad may still be really bad but yet they played pretty well last week against carolina kansas city has shown their struggles that's a game that would scare me mightily Mm -hmm. then the question is okay the bills if people still have the bills available i don't the rams if you still have the rams available i don't so cincy that's the play for me this week and then you kind of look down the line to to future weeks there but you're right it's finding those teams And projecting it out because so many people are still alive in week eight. This could go the duration or it could go at least to say week 13, 14, and you really have to start planning ahead.
4: You know, most years, I would say that planning it out is a fool's errand. Beginning of the season, we don't know the great teams. We don't know the terrible teams. Nobody thought that Arizona would be in the spot that they are right now. But um, you have to do that. We've learned a lot about these teams after the first two months of the season. If you can, you've got to plan it out a little bit. And you're right. I, I would hate to see some of these uh, larger pools get, get split between a number of people, but I think that's where we're going to be.
1: And and it could be when you're looking at these larger pools and people are wise and they're smart. And when you have these larger pools where you can put multiple entries in, you can play one entry against another too. So you can be wise that way. And it helps when you talk about chopping a little bit later down on the line. You may not get to that point this year. It may just go for a while, but hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. You might be talking about some really weird matchups late in the season where it could be what teams are resting guys for the playoffs and who's playing for a job. And that could determine whose people are going to pick for survivor plays.
4: Uh, So to summarize, if you have Cincinnati available, use them right now. And if you want to roll with the Rams, I don't have a problem there. Felt better if it was Davis Mills at quarterback against Houston, but not too worried about that. Buffalo, ton of options. If you can save them, do so. KC, you probably want to avoid that spot, at least this time around.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Since
4: he's going to be my play this week, and then it's advance and survive. Jim, you have been on a heater, not only in the National Football League and surviving with half of all pools, but with the horses. You gave out all winners last week, didn't you?
1: Yeah, it was a good week last week at Hawthorne. We're doing well. we got to stay with the hometown track again because we are on a roll. So all three horses on Saturday. A reminder, Breeders' Cup is one week away, so we will talk about Breeders' Cup races next weekend. But at Hawthorne on Saturday, bet all these horses to win in place. Race three, bet the seven Easter music. Race four, bet the six and one. And then race eight, bet the three, Hurricane Highway. And let's build up that bankroll for Sunday, Joe.
4: Beautiful. Jim Miller at Hawthorne. Jim on Twitter. Go visit him at all those events they have at the PointsBet Sportsbook over at Hawthorne. Jim, let's reconvene next Saturday morning, all right?
1: All right. Let's keep surviving, Joe.
4: Appreciate Jim Miller's time per usual here on Early Odds. State Rep Zalewski, kind enough to drop by and explain the changes coming your way for sports betting in Illinois. Some good stuff, some frustrating, but a net positive overall, and uh, we're getting there. We started the hour with the NFL in today's college football action. If you missed it, the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app, always available, under 670 the score. And Cesar Perez, our producer today, will get the early odds with Joe Ostrowski pod version posted shortly. Catch me weekdays on the BetQL Network 8 to 11 a.m. via 105.9 FM HD2 twitch.tv BetQL on the Odyssey app under BetQL Network or the BetQL Daily Podcast. All the links posted on my Twitter feed at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. Also uh, weekdays on The Score, Tuesday through Friday, every single day. I'm on uh, one of the shows here. We're a few games into the World Series and inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw next to discuss and explain all the big decisions facing the Cubs and White Sox. Cash some tickets this Halloween weekend and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.